Hi, and welcome to Not The Gear, the photographer's podcast. And with me today is Tanya Nagar, who you may remember from at least six months ago, and Tom. Uh, I don't actually know how to pronounce your surname properly. Glabots. There we go. Uh, who's we go. Uh, in Belgium, and we're all stuck in our respective homes. So this is a, another high-tech distance recording. And here today, we're, we're not going to get bogged down in the news, but there aren't really anything except this has been cancelled, that's been cancelled, we're all in our homes. And the other news I expect you probably know about. So instead, we're going to talk about a project that we have started in the last two weeks. I think I think it was two weeks ago. I'm losing track of time, as, as I think we all are at the moment. Uh, I don't know what time it is. Oh, it's not just me. Oh, th- oh I'm, I'm really glad you say that. I, I feel like everyone else has a calendar and is organised and schedules things. <laughs> no. I have no idea what day it is, what time it is. Um, it's, it's all kind of merging into one. So I think it was around a couple of weeks ago now that I, I kind of thought to myself, right, I haven't picked up my camera in a while, to be honest. Life has been so busy, um, you know, been all over the place. And I realised that now that, that time is is kind of slowed down, I wanted to use some kind of creative outlet to get through this this lockdown that we're in. Can I interrupt you briefly and say it wasn't actually a lockdown when we first... You're, you're right. You, first, you came to me and you mm. said... We should do some, you know, creative and and you already had a brilliant idea, which we're going to get back to. But the lockdown hadn't started. That's, that's a good point, Adam. I, and I'm not sure where the lockdown did start now. It was four billion mine hours away. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you're absolutely right. I think I think we weren't in lockdown there yet. I think we we're just working from home here in the UK. It might have been a different situation for, for you, Tom, and for, for people in, in Italy and, and Spain and, and other places in Europe. Was it that sort of period where we in the UK were being told by our government that we could brave it out and, you know, it didn't matter if a few old people died so long as the economy was fine. And we could see everywhere else in Europe that people were starting to have a lockdown and sort of knew which way the wind was blowing. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah. I think it started. Yeah, I think it started when when it started here. You guys were, let's say, like a little bit in denial <laughs> because we were starting to like closing all. We, we already closed all the all the shops and all the restaurants and all the bars. And there's, it, uh, Belgium never really got into like a solid, like genuine lockdown like Italy or Spain or France even, but. Um, yeah, people were like encouraged to stay in their homes and only go out to exercise, and it's still on the same measurements. But it, apparently, it's working because the the uh, the infect the infections are staggering slightly. I mean, people are still dying every day, but it's, uh, the the numbers could have been a lot worse. Yeah, if we didn't act any any sooner. Still, we're not regrettably fun though. I enjoy, uh, find um, politics, and and you can obviously find me at least on another political podcast. Uh, sorry, on a political mm-hmm. podcast. Let's yeah. be very clear. This is not a political <laughs> podcast. So, fun though it is, uh, we should go. We should say that Tanya came to me um, saying she had a great idea, which was rather more positive than yeah. criticizing government yeah and i'm actually i'm sort of looking back at the messages and it was the 20th of march so uh, that, that's two that is yeah. two weeks it's, yeah it's, it's two weeks so you're absolutely right and i think maybe a day or two before I, I had this i had this idea that you know things so, so we weren't in lockdown in the uk but things were starting mm. you could feel that something was about to happen and and like you said tom i think we were and, and some people still are in, in denial about the, the situation and we don't yet have a full lockdown here in the uk but now shops are closed. Um, you know, you can't really go out and socialise. There's nowhere to socialise um, in terms of you know restaurants, bars, etc. But but you know, going back to the idea, I thought that 
given all these images that I'm seeing on Instagram, on Facebook, all around the world, we're, we're almost being united. Um, you know, we're all having to face something that none of us have faced before. And it is impacting day-to-day life, right? Everything that we're doing is being impacted. And that includes photography. Mm-hmm. We don't have the freedom to go out and, you know, jump on the tube and, and go into the centre of town and, you know, walk around taking pictures, meeting up with other at least, photographers. At least morally we don't. Uh, at least morally like, we, we don't. We actually could go and do that. Te- <laughs> technically, you could do that. You could. Um, yeah. But you'd be, you know, obviously letting down the entire population, right, by, by doing something like that. So... So I thought, look, it'd be great if if we got together um, a group of like-minded photographers that can come together, not not literally, um, but more in terms of this this idea of shooting your local communities. Um, you know, what are you seeing around you? Um, that may well be, you know, being out and about on the streets if you if you're allowed to go for a for a walk once a day, um, or it might actually just be from your from your living room window if there is a real lockdown like there is yeah. in Spain and Italy um and then Adam I think I approached you and I actually I approached a, a couple of photographers that had been part of uh, our last collaboration um you talk to me first I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as if I'm not really a photographer <laughs> um so so I obviously approached you Adam and then I approached a few other phot- photographers and and actually a couple of them were ill which um I think at this point I was still perhaps a little bit in in denial here in the UK about how serious this situation really is or is about to be. Mm. And when I approached, it was um, a photographer in Los Angeles, um, actually a photographer in, in the US on the East Coast, um, not Los Angeles, um, a guy in in Ireland. Both of them were ill. And I realised mm. at that point that, that, wow, you know, if they, you know, their lives are centred around photography and and they don't want to be involved in this at the moment because they're they're actually too sick to do that. It made me think this is definitely more serious than perhaps some of us realise. But Tom, obviously you've been about out and about with the camera. I think like me, you were shooting anyway. So this is a great way of, of, I guess, bringing everything together Um, because we're, we're still cheating, right? Did you have right? that thing where you also, I mean, as much as you felt you shouldn't, you also really wanted to go and see? Like, I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I work from home. And yeah. so, um, firstly, the streets are often relatively empty for me because I can go and see them not during, you know, when everyone else is at work. And then, you know, the, the world is a slightly different feeling if you don't stick to trying to get on the train at nine and i mean i do i do think i do think like if you're if, when you're a photographer and especially i think i think tanya will agree that if you're a, if you're a street photographer you always tend to look a little different to the world i mean more like in a lo- more of a like an observer kind of way and the fact is that like everything changed so fast and so abruptly and like so massively in such a short period of time not just the fact that like the streets are empty and everything's closed but you just really notice uh, like a genuine paranoia on the streets now. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that, and yeah. I think that was the, I think that was the thing that I really, that, that really like caught my attention to like go out and shoot people. And, and that, I mean, with a camera and not with a gun or whatever. <laughs> I'm glad you had to clarify uh, that, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. And to, I mean, to, just to like to document this, I mean, it's, it's just very interesting because it also has like a very sociological, even psychological aspect to it. It's not just about empty streets and a virus. It's about how it just impacts an entire society. Yeah. yeah. And diff- so, so many, you see different looks in people's eyes, don't you, depending on whether it's fear or complete boredom with it. One of or... the first times I, 
one of the first times I went out to like take pictures, I walked I walked through the street and I accidentally bumped into someone, and I think I've never seen someone like look at me that angry as that lady back there, because she, because they yeah, because you know you're encouraged not to touch people and stay like one meter and a half like away from each other and you know but it can happen mm-hmm. and you can bump into someone by accident, and it was like I did like this horrible crime or whatever. Yeah, I found. I'm to think, I think. Was the when did our lockdown start? Was it the Friday? It was. Or, it was. I think it was uh, actually because I remember the thirteenth. I remember this this day well. Friday the thirteenth of March was the last day I actually went out and socialised um, with people. So that was after work. Uh, same here. And then I think on the Monday they announced that the restaurants were being advised to close. Ah, so, so yeah, so Friday would be the voluntary lockdown. Yeah, no, because I, I got out at Westminster and walked through you know central london which was incredibly mm. empty and then I, I realized that actually that you know the tourist bit was just weirdly empty that's where you're getting you know the helicopter shots of empty squares and that kind of thing but then as i worked my way back out to little bits of london where people live almost nobody was paying any attention to it it was that was strange there was sort of a tale of two cities thing going on there um that's yeah. where i got the the shot of um that guy pulling a wheelie all the way down regent street with almost nobody watching except for some guy in a mask. Yeah, it's very surreal. The only other people I saw were carrying giant cameras. <laughs> a lot of people with the same idea. But <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah. I think to your point, Tom, it's been a very fast moving situation. And when I went out and I think this must have been the day that I had the idea. Or actually no, the day before I think I had the idea. And I went out into town with my camera just for a walk. And you could really feel the paranoia even just in terms of people, yeah. you know, uh, regularly, people wouldn't really pay much attention to, to me or my camera. But there were a lot of looks I was getting, which was kind of eye contact, then looking at the camera, then looking back at me, almost pausing and wondering what I was going to do. And it actually made me realize that yeah. I have to change my style of shooting because we obviously have to be sensitive to how people are feeling. And, you know, in terms of street photography in general, it can come across as a bit intrusive, right? You're shooting strangers um, out yeah. in public spaces. I mean, arguably, traditionally, that is the thing of street photography, isn't it? The winner grand, uh, you know, bam! Yeah. Uh, sorry, that was me shoving a camera in someone's face. It's certainly a recognised style. It, it is, with, yeah. with flash yeah. as well, right? Obviously, none of us, I yeah. think, uh, yeah. sort of use, use that kind of style with our photography. But, you know, typically, it can, it can be intrusive, depending on your style, and... And I realized at that point that I, I couldn't do that, not least because I didn't want to make someone feel uncomfortable, but but actually it might it might cause them to then approach me and ask what I'm doing. And then having to interact with someone when you're not really supposed to be doing that, you know, it can have the opposite effect of what we're trying to achieve here. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I actually started shooting more of as opposed to, you know, people and portraits and the kind of images I'd normally take, which, you know, might even involve stopping someone and saying, ah, oh, you know, do you mind if I if I take a photo of you? It was actually the opposite. And I, I tried to kind of make myself even more inconspicuous, but also shooting things like signs more and empty streets and and more, I guess, the urban side of street photography um, as opposed to the people side. Mm. Um, and Tom, I know and actually both of you have been taking quite a lot of images of people. And I don't know what your how you found that because I've I've found it quite I would say stressful in some situations so I've actually toned it down and I'm just focusing on on graffiti and and... 
I can quickly to answer the, the the few where you've got like quite close shots of people um of mine and again you know I, I don't do this as much as you guys you know you two are both definitely street mm. photographers whereas i'm more of a occasional opportunist who mostly wants to publish other photographers um and i sort of asked i've got that nodded approval you know with the for example the, the guy outside our asda who's pulled down his mask that he's wearing to avoid getting a respiratory disease so he can have a cigarette which will give him a respiratory disease um and there's a lot of that going on i like i swear smoking has gone up people (laughs) seem to think it's a legitimate excuse to pop out and have a cigarette um it's it's the it's the i think it's different here um i mean people people tend to like i see a lot less smokers on the street now but definitely in east london i have seen more smoking or maybe it's just that those were the same number of people out for a cigarette but firstly they really look stupid if they've got a mask like that's weird yeah. Uh, and secondly, yeah. most of the people are out smoking because there aren't that many people on the streets. And, and you know, the the other one I've got, um, I'm not sure it's up on the feed yet, is uh, a, a homeless man. You know, and again, I asked I asked him if it was all right. So that that's how I've dealt with it because um, I still think that you can talk to people a little bit. I, I think you can. I think it's more of a gauging, as we always have to do, kind of gauging the and very quickly seeing what the vibe is like, and then making a quick decision as, as to whether it's worth it or whether it's not. I think we should get back to the story where you know you you had this idea of bringing photographers together and you didn't just want to do that did you you had a purpose so I think in times like this which you know many of us have not experienced before a part of me really wanted to to do my bit for society in whichever way that I can you know I'm not a nurse I'm not a doctor I'm not going to be out in hospitals on the front line saving people's lives but instead I thought well how can we use our creative um, minds and our creative abilities and turn that into something that can tangible well something tangible to help people yeah it's, it's a tricky thing isn't it because the, the the very first thing that society does is go well people who work in asda and stack the shelves people who are nurses and carers um and weirdly financial services they're essential services uh and also off licenses apparently but you creative types nah <laughs> it's that's a Unsettling experience. Yeah. yeah, but we're all, we're all we're always on the back of the line. I no, think, well, so. yeah, well, <laughs> I, I think uh, I don't. Know, most creative types tend to do a bit better for money than shelf stackers. So it's it's a interesting watching society rearrange itself in, in what's actually useful. Yeah, I, I might, exactly. I'm mindful that we haven't actually said what the project is yet. <laughs> but we well, kept we kept we keep building up to to explaining it. So, so the concept is 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 really simple, right? We're, we're out and about shooting anyway. So to Tom's point. We're bringing the community together to to be able to bring images together, to share them, I guess to, to feel like there's there's common ground between us, but then to use that in a wider purpose. And the end goal would be to then publish these images and, you know, with proceeds going to, to charity to help with the pandemic. So that's the ultimate goal there, which is collecting images from around the world globally. We want this to be a global project. Um, where people can share their stories, share their images, and then ultimately use that as a way of um, raising money for charity. And Global's brilliant because, you know, getting as many people involved, and we really want you out there listening to join in. Um, So there'll be some links in the show notes. Just swipe up on the screen, tap on the link, and it'll tell you and explain how to get in touch with us. Because 
I can only go within an hour's walk or cycle of my home without breaking some rules. So, you know, we're never going to see everything unless we have as many people as possible involved and we get to see as many streets as possible. Exactly. And it's important to note there as well, Adam, that some people are confined to their to their homes. Um, there's a, a great photographer that's part of our project now, Jacopo. Um, he's in he's in Italy and he is not permitted to go out. So all his images are from his living room window or from his uh, balcony. And it's it's actually really interesting what you can capture just from a tiny part of your world, you know, without actually needing to go outside. And I find that incredible and quite inspiring, actually. So to your point, you know, many of us can still go out within, you know, the short radius of our homes. But for those of you that can't, it doesn't mean that you still can't shoot amazing images from from your homes. That's absolutely true. And we're going to, there are going to be a lot of good creative lessons that we should be noting down as well, I think, um, from the experience. And the, the other thing that I think that, we, you know, when you were clear that you wanted to help was that we want to be long term, stop me if I'm wrong, um, and try and think about the, the consequences and the time after where a lot of people are going to be suffering is, is when there's going to be a good need to provide help. Right now, governments are rushing in doing the things governments can do, um, the, you know, knocking a hospital up in a few weeks, that kind of thing. But afterwards, a, a huge number of people are going to be suffering in difficult, different ways, financially, that sort of thing. And a lot of that will not necessarily go get caught, will it? So I think we want to be there for with a project that will have proceeds to help people who are suffering long after the initial shock. Exactly. No, exactly. This isn't kind of knee jerk, you know, let's let's raise a bit of money now and, and then we'll move away and, and work on our next project. This really is something that, you know, the, the ethos is really to, to, for us, you know, from a selfish perspective, it's, it's keeping me sane, right? Being able yeah. to actually be creative as opposed to just sitting indoors watching Netflix. Um, and yeah, feeling useful it, yeah yeah it's, it's actually you know you, you feel like okay so it's my form of mindfulness i'm able to actually continue shooting continue being creative but then there is a wider purpose to this which is i think will resonate with with many photographers around the world at the moment it, you do feel like there's a, a feeling of of helplessness in a way but doing something that can actually have some kind of impact as small or large as that may be it gives you the motivation to continue being creative and and i think i think if we all come together in this um you know we could do some great work um in in actually turning this into something tangible hopefully a book um with with proceeds going to you know worthy charities to actually help people that have suffered during this time so completely agree with you there adam um it's a really important point sorry tom you were about to say something oh yeah no i was just uh, i was just thinking that it's also like the, the the period after the entire lockdown when everything's going to like rebuild and, and restart. I think that's going to be a really interesting time to document everything as well, because you can actually see people like grabbing the reins again and trying to cope with, with whatever's left to cope with. Not to Meta- metaphorically but... stepping, blinking yeah. out into the light going, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it is going to be a very interesting time. And it's going to be. Yeah, because, because we do want to, we do want to like, emphasize the the hope aspect of the project so i think it will be i think it will definitely be a cool uh a cool setup to to really document that time frame as well because we're not going to be staying indoors for the rest of our lives so uh, well i hope not yeah let's hope <laughs> so 
Because there are only two ways that can happen. One, the isolation goes on forever. Or two, the rest of our lives aren't that long. And yeah, uh, neither of those seem great. Uh, <laughs> um, seem like the best idea. So there we were with Tanya's great idea. Um, and Tom on board. And we needed somewhere to start where we could bring people in as quickly as possible. The obvious solution is Instagram. If we want to end up with a published book, the arc and the whole project and something that we can um you know we can sell and make money for the causes that's going to be a little way off none of that's going to happen straight away um but what we need to do straight away is get those images get those um bring people on board help share the hope and uh that hopefully at the added sanity of having a, a purpose and a project and the only obvious choice i think um, certainly for us, was to set up an Instagram account. And that account, which again you'll find the link for in the show notes, is COVID Street, because it's it's not just photography of people in masks and stuff. We're very much sticking to Tom and Tanya's street photography styles uh, and building from there. The, you know, it's a niche, isn't it? That, but one you're proud of. Yeah. I think the, the the fun thing is that it's just, it just it unifies, but it diversifies as well. Because if you look at our feed the way it is now, and we're only going for like two weeks, I mean, it's really cool to see all these different styles of people, literally just capturing the same subject. They're the, they're the same and not the same, are they? Yeah, I mean, it, the 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 theme's the same. the the whole The whole approach the, the approach is the same. I mean, the confinement and the and the isolation, but everyone has like his own little way of looking at it and capturing it and putting it out there and I think that's very interesting yeah I completely completely agree with you Tom because again if I think of people that are living in high-rise buildings they'll have a different perspective literally exactly literally having a different perspective as opposed to to people perhaps in in houses with gardens or, or whatever so I think there's so much I actually like that unify and diversify if you scroll down the feed so far and, and what we've although the underlying theme is the same the images are are quite different and even for me you know I've, I've got images from walk, walking past butcher shops and you know the, the feeling is quite um, optimistic and they're they're smiling for the camera and you know if I pass those shops now and you know the butchers are open at the moment that there isn't quite that same feel um, of wanting to pose for a picture. So, mm-hmm. you know, things are changing, perspectives are changing, um, the world is changing. But if we go back to how it's hopefully um, going to progress, it will turn into hope and turn into... And I think you'll, you'll see that flow um, throughout the, I guess, the timeline of these images as well. Um, one, one of the nice pictures we posted early on was was one of yours, Tanya, of a butchers. Does that mean butchers are just generally looking more miserable? <laughs> well, they're the only shops really that are open around here, so um, I'm able to really observe and, and see see what they kind of feel like. Um, I mean, it definitely seems to be a real sense of humour in, in butchering. Like there was the butcher, my nearest butcher was the one that put the the dog. Uh, oh, they, they always, that was they've brilliant. always had a dog. They've always had that dog outside. It's a plastic dog, um, like you used to see for guide dogs charities or stuff. Um, and then they put a gas mask on it and uh, gloves on it, um, and there it is. Yeah, I absolutely love that image. Because, sorry, Adam, I, I cut you off there because I, oh, I just want to point out right. that 
just wanted to point out you didn't want oh well I don't think you you thought that image was one that we should necessarily post from what I remember and I absolutely loved uh, it well but... I'm a bit sensitive about um you know I, I have this whole not the gear thing and I, I think you can do things with your phone and I really believe that you can get the gist of the image across with your phone um uh, but that was a phone and then I was looking at this feed full of um lots of proper proper camera photos and I was getting a little sensitive about see and that's that's another point right so you, you don't have to use an SLR um, camera. So, you know, if you're out and about and you don't feel comfortable taking your, your SLR out on your daily walk to the shops or wherever you're going, and even if you're not going... It does going, downgrade the essentialness of your journey, doesn't it? Whereas you've definitely got your phone with yeah. you, whereas it, if you're carrying a camera, people, some people get a bit judgy. Exactly, exactly. So we're not we're not elitists here. Yeah, I mean, the, the gear, your, your gear doesn't define you as a photographer, in my opinion. In that case, we'll, we'll have you back for the podcast proper um, when we're not just talking about this project. Yeah, no, but really, I mean, I, mean I, I have a DSLR and I have a mirrorless camera and I have my phone and then I have a few analog cameras and I even use like these little disposable cameras. And I mean, they all take decent pictures, in my opinion. It just depends on, like what Tanya said, it's like what what you feel most comfortable with and what type of situation you're shooting with, because it doesn't change the way you look at things or how you how you would capture things. I mean, you can get some much more streety pictures, uh, I guess, with the phone. You know, a lot of people do not notice a phone even being held up at a weird angle. Yeah, I took one in a shop from in a, in a supermarket from from. A lady at the cash register who was like wearing a mask and everything, and I took her with my phone, and she didn't even even notice it. But it would be, it would have been a totally different story if I was there with my camera. You you guys have made clear that a picture that I took that I wasn't sure was good enough was good enough, mm-hmm. and I think that as long as we're telling a really interesting story, then use what you have available to you. So far, with Tom and me sort of offering advice and tips, but really taking Tanya's lead, we we created the project. Tom's real graphic designer eye gave us a nice little icon and stuff for our Instagram feed. And we got there, we got stuff up, uh, and then then we wanted some more people. So who who joined us? Well, I think, so So initially, what we've done is we've, we've reached out directly to photographers that are on our own feeds or that we've found through browsing Instagram just contact them directly and say, look, we, we love your images. Um, you know, hope you're keeping safe and well. You know, we're looking for socially responsible photographers to join us in this quest to create a repository of images that we can share, but also um, publish through the help of um, Adam. So yourself, Adam, uh, no pressure there. Um, to, to oh, actually... yeah. <laughs> but don't worry. I mean, you know, don't worry about image licensing and stuff. If your photographers' photos are things you don't particularly want to share, then that is a discussion that will take place later with, um, you know, you'll need to sign something if we're going to publish or print your images. For now, we're just, you know, send an image Instagram quality thing. Everything we publish is credited to the photographer in the feed. And every every photographer is, is being told that the idea would be to like to make a book eventually so they know what they're getting in. Yeah, I think the goal is pretty clear. But also to, to your point, Adam, you know, don't don't worry about about the image quality necessarily either so so what instagram is brilliant for is not only posting images but also the concept of stories so some of the images we'd love to use almost like a diary to to document what's going on around the world as well so first of all wouldn't be afraid of your images you know feeling like they're not up to a particular standard just tag us and we'll, we'll talk about that i suppose at the end in terms of how you can actually get involved but you know we're looking really for for people around the world to document what's going on and we will 
post those images up either as a post or as a story um, and really um, I took my train of thought just disappeared I was just waffling I don't know about you but I found I can definitely speak a lot faster than I can think so <laughs> I start with something and I have a really rational point in that um, I don't even know what your original the... question was Adam what was that what what kind of people are we looking for what photographers what photographers I guess I, I'm not really trying to say what kind of people are we looking for I don't, I don't want to make it sound like we're the judges and jurors of the world um, you know, I was trying to talk about the people who, who've already signed up that's it yeah 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 yeah, in a in a short period of time, like in two weeks, we've actually gained a lot of a lot of different countries. So we have uh, Tanya and Adam who are from London. Uh, you have Joe Carter who's also from London, but also based in Brighton apparently. And then Abdul Bunaf, he's from uh, Hyderabad in India. And uh, since a few days, we also have a girl from Madrid called Claudia, and uh, then of course also Jacobo from Rome. Yeah, I mean, I would say that they they reacted really quickly to wanting yeah. to be a part of the project, yeah. and they're all actively shooting anyway. So some of the images they've taken already, some of them they're you know out and about, or decided that okay, I will just send through a steady stream of images as as they kind of shoot. But you know, again, in the last couple of days, I think Tom, you've proactively been been approaching people on Instagram. I've been doing the same. Adam, you've been promoting yeah. it, and and people are just coming to us organically now in terms of hey we want to get involved we want to yeah. be a part of this which yeah. which is really encouraging to see yeah i think the shift the shift is kind of coming from us like pushing it to people just noticing us i think the the shift is like slowly turning a little to, towards that yeah and um and i've been enjoying sort of the stories we can put up the other day and i don't know if i've put this up yet but i caught you know there's the really lightweight finger gloves that people wear um or hand gloves. I don't know why I said finger gloves. Just gloves. There's like there's those blue plasticky <laughs> ones that your surgeons wear, but then there's an even lighter thing that's just made out of uh, plastic bag material. Um, I just caught one blowing down the streets like uh, oh, I saw that American Beauty, but yeah. except that it floats through the air and manages to give me the finger as it drifts down the street and uh, is blown in the wind of a passing ambulance. And that's a beautiful moment captured, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, uh, unfortunately, at you know low resolution on long zoom on the phone, but and well, I mean, one thing to point out as well is, and we've mentioned it a couple of times, is you know we, do, we what we don't want photographers to do is is go out and break the rules and and start you know acting immorally. Yeah, um, you were very clear on that early on, and I think that's completely right because we've we've shown how you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 idiotic to take unnecessary risks and like compromise your your health or whatever. I mean. You can you can, you can do whatever you whatever you want just as in it's as long as it's within the com the confinements of like the rules that your government gave you. And I and if I mean, anyone's, from, I mean, if a guy from Rome can do it from his apartment, yeah, then... I would say you know one of the certainly inspiring photographers for me is Jacopo Rufo. We'd have a link to his. Uh... Links for everyone we talked about will be in the show notes. Fantastic, because he's pushing the boundaries of of being creative just from his home uh you know he he physically is not able to go outside um in rome at the moment and yet he's capturing these quite frankly you know beautiful moments uh, you know using lights using the sunrise and sunset and just capturing people walking you know in a distance and and the composition of that and you know it's, it's really quite inspiring i'd say and um you know if you look at his work that would hopefully give you some ideas on how you can really push the boundaries by by literally being so you know in an enclosed space and, and confined to, to your room so 
I'd certainly recommend having a look at his work for, for ideas if you're unable to actually get out of the house. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot that photographers can learn from this whole experience and very specifically from the, the COVID Street account that we're building. Because I, th- I think, I mean, you know, going back to the title of the, the podcast series is Not the Gear. And the reason for that is because so many people go online and want to learn more about photography. And, you know, right now you might be thinking, what could I do to improve? What can I get? What can I buy? Because every time you go online, uh, and there's a good reason for it, um, People are telling you what piece of equipment will make your photography better um, because they're making money on the affiliate sales. You know, there'll always be an advert or a link for that thing on their site. Um, And Not The Gear was set up with a view that for the most part, you either can do the things with your phone or you can do the things with much, much cheaper equipment, um, which, of course, earns lower ad sales. And, you know, one of the most important things you can do is look at other photographers' work and... This is a great time where you've probably got the same restrictions that they're facing. So you can look at their work and you can think about the restriction and maybe not spend any, you know, maybe not make Amazon drivers work even hard. I think Adam's I think Adam's really, really right because in the past two weeks, I went, I went for a lot of shootings. And the thing that really taught me was just to look at photography in a different way. Because you have to look at it in a different way with it because because of the situation that we're in now. I mean, the world's different. People are different. People are acting and reacting different. And it just it changed my perspective of, of how I should behave myself as a street photographer when I'm outdoors or whatever. Well, how did you used to behave? I don't know. I think a little more in, in your face. I mean, not that I would like jump on people and put my flash on, it, on their face and take you a picture, but I, I, I didn't shy away that much from from human contact as i do now because i'm just trying to be more yeah, cautious i would absolutely agree not with just, that not just for not just not just for my not, not just for myself but also just for the people who i'm who i'm taking pictures of was uh was actually um i did a post on uh, gary winogrand and, and how he would have hated or maybe not hated instagram and had an, a little aside um there'll be a link to this in the show notes as well about um the fact that the in your face style is is definitely not as popular as it used to be there are so many stories of street photographers getting punched in the face because they jump on people take their picture and run away and um, I, I never did it that way but it's yeah and I, and I personally think that they should never have really been comfortable with that style anyway because you know, as a photographer, we have to be human to each other, irrespective of what's going on in the world. And I think that's something that Tom mentioned, you know, kind of put it really well there, that it is making us assess our behaviours a little bit more than usual and more than the health risk involved. It's also making me, I wouldn't say scared, because I think as a street photographer, you have to overcome the fear of, of you know... The mean streets. Yeah, the, the kind of repercussions of someone, obviously... Um, approaching and saying well, why are you taking my my photo and haven't been able you know being able to deal with that maybe cautious is the right word yeah it's more of a cautious uh feel now because yeah. i don't want someone to have to question what i'm doing because i don't want to have to interrupt them or explain and, and turn that into a situation so actually i'm avoiding yeah people are the worst yeah <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> that's true exactly so Notes, notes, notes to all the listeners. People in gen- generally just suck. <laughs> <laughs> but it's even more. I guess it's the paranoia that's now running through, and you know the lack of confidence that that people might have to even question what you're doing as well, which just creates more 
of an uncomfortable yeah, that, vibe. You, you need to be a bit mindful, yeah, you're, um, of, yeah, of the other person's feeling without necessarily testing it. So, you know, because they don't want to come up to you and say, could you delete that or something, which they might ordinarily if they were upset by it. But now you'd be thinking to yourself, am I going to go and get within two metres of somebody just to make a request? So, yeah. It, yeah. Plus, I think it's really, it's, I think it's a, I think it's still a tricky balance because you're dealing with anxious people while you're being anxious yourself. I mean, every time when I go out, I'm, I'm, I'm cautious and I'm a bit anxious about where I'm going and how many people I'll bump into or, or not bump into or whatever. Yeah, and, and and I have fewer reasons to go out. Yeah, I think what one thing that's that we could all do is is smile a bit more. I'd say you know it's one of the things I always say is when it comes to street photography, just makes makes things so much more pleasant when you smile at someone. You know they yeah, yeah. instantly they feel less anxious and they know that you don't have bad intentions. Um, and maybe if we if we just out and about smiling at people if you know if you are yeah no i couldn't i couldn't agree more that was exactly how i caught that the two shots i was talking about before i don't know if we're going to leave that in or not but um was it you actually felt happier to make a connection via a smile in a couple of meters distance with a couple of people whose story you then get to tell um even if that story is popping out for a quick cigarette um just because some people are quite happy in this day and age to have their photographs taken it's not necessarily a terrible thing in essence i think we're we're very proud to have got a ball rolling down a hill yeah and i'd and i'd say look this it this can only really be successful as a collaboration and what's been so impressive is is how we've all come together so quickly and you know with with our collective skills and i must admit that from a tech perspective and an instagram perspective i definitely don't have um the best skills there in terms of how to build up um you know followers and all the rest of it and tom with your kind of... well that's not fair you've got to spread in my book my instagram book about uh, using stories yeah. i haven't even seen that yet adam is that <laughs> when, when did that come out no me neither actually this is this is humiliating a book um I, I wrote it came out like a couple of weeks ago i got this box of them through pretty much the same day they started talking about um lockdowns and that kind of thing and I've, i felt unable to even promote i think now's a great time for a shameless plug right i think we just nicely segued into that for you adam <laughs> so well okay I'll, I'll do it as quickly as possible the format of the book is instagram assignments things you can do to improve your instagram account and i've gone and included as many photographers as i can and you can buy on amazon and indeed all good bookshops again possibly at some point once they're open excellent and it's called cool 52 assignments instagram photography it's credited to me but really the you know the area of interest is the work of, of the other photographers uh, and i'm flicking through because i know tanya is in it as the section on stories because she does actually do really good work with her stories oh it's great great to know adam and testament to your ability to, to publish concepts and, and oh yes that's uh, that's me but anyway back to skills obviously this can only be successful with us all coming together and you know, we're using even between the three of us we've got adam's publishing skills and skills relating to social media and you know instagram and, and how we post and then we've got tom who is a design whiz um, and also a bit of an instagram whiz and and able to provide insights into into what's working what's not 
Um, so I think the three of us together have really come a long way in terms of getting this off the ground. But now it's a case of pushing this further and getting more people from around the world. We've already got a great base of people um, who have some fantastic work that they're sharing. And we'd love to get that message across to more and more people. And that obviously involves all of you listening out there to, to get involved. Um, yeah, so we're looking to hear from the hundreds uh Sorry, I mean tens of millions um, of <laughs> listeners um, out there. We uh, will use the show notes as ever. But but the, the first thing, the, the real the starting point is to go to the Instagram page at COVID Street. C o v i d s t r e e t. Please give us a follow. Give us some likes. You can also tag us. In terms of joining in, because this is this is a cohesive effort to get as many people involved as possible. In the first instance, just check out our page at COVID Street on, on Instagram. That's COVID, C-O-V-I-D. I'm sure you all know how to, how to spell it. You've seen it on the news enough. Um, COVID Street. And we've got a mission story on there. So you can see in a bit more detail uh, what you need to do. But it's very straightforward. Just hashtag COVID Street to your images um, or at mention us. Um, and we will pick up on your images, post them share them to our stories page and, and really get this going a bit more uh, with a bit more momentum. Not that we don't already have a lot of momentum. Uh, we're already in triple digits. Good um, good point, Adam. Good point. Yeah. If you're listening to us on your phone, just swipe up, tap on the link, hit follow. We really do appreciate the follows. And we look forward to seeing all your images. Time. I'm not going to uh, entreat any more than saying please subscribe it would be worth your while because we're going to be back and we're going to talk a lot about what we've learned photographically we'll talk to you again very soon until then stay safe is that so long as we're telling a really interesting story then use what you have available to you I, um Oh, <laughs> why don't I think what I'm going to say before I start to say it? Um, and really, okay, now I screwed it up. I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> Started off so well. <laughs> Does someone you else want to take pause this? <laughs> you just have to pause awkwardly and say yeah. edit point. That's how you solve this. All right, things. edit point. Yeah. <laughs> um, I took my train of thought just disappeared. I was just waffling. I don't know about you, but I found I can definitely speak a lot faster than I can think. So <laughs> I start with something and I have a really rational point in that. What are we saying again? We're just asking. <laughs> We're telling people how they can get involved. <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing. <laughs>